Good morning, everybody. I pray you are blessed. We are a blessed people, okay? And um, in Song of Solomon's, the Shunammite woman, it says, she runs out into the streets, calling and looking for her beloved. And as she runs, she cries, my beloved is mine, and I am his, and his banner over me, it is love. And so this morning, I pray that, Father, as our hearts pursue you, hey, as we run after you, you say, you who seek me, you will find me. And so this morning, I'm... I'm I am privileged, okay, to bring the word, and um, Pastor JP and Marianne is in Vintuk, and then I think today they're in Khubabas, and the guys in Khubabas are excited, hey, and for us this is um, the stepping out in faith in what the Lord has instructed us to do. And so in Luke 10, when Jesus sends out the 72, eh, and he sends them out two by two, and he gives them a list of instructions as they go out. For me, the significance is in Luke 10, 17. When they went out, they were nervous. They had many questions. Lord, how must we? What must we do in the case of them not receiving us? And, and the Lord gave them very clear instruction. But in Luke 17, the company that comes back is very different to the company who stepped out in faith. For when they come back, Luke 17, 17 says, and they came back filled with joy. They came back filled with joy. And so where we are as KGM, we need hey, to posture ourselves. Um, last week, JP gave a directive as to the way in which we as a household are going. And the word did not come with the intention to persuade you or to win you over to walk in obedience. No, the word came as an instruction of what we should do. And I believe that there's so much grace in obedience. For obedience is the greatest form of humility. Obedience is the greatest posture of humility. For obedience says, I don't always understand, but I do as you say. And so this morning, I have a word. And this word has been ruminating inside of me um, since last week already. And last night, I was saying to the Lord, um, because I remembered something. I remembered a few years ago, the Lord gave me a word on perseverance, and the first time that I ministered that word on perseverance, the pastor said, you must preach and you seek the Lord, but this is the title, perseverance. So the very first time that I ever preached was on perseverance. And... Last night I was just so gripped with your, the weight of this. Because I remembered when I ministered on perseverance, just two months after preaching perseverance, my husband leaves. And I'm like, ik moest die woord gepreek Hey. But I so failed 
eight years after that event, that perseverance to me was not a reality. And I set foot in a territory that I felt I wasn't qualified for. And um, for eight years after that event, I wanted nothing to do with God. I would go to church and I would sit there dead. Ek voel niks, ek hoor niks. Um, ek kom net kerk toe, want dis wat oordentelike mense doen. Kijk gaan kerk toe. Nee. And um, now in hindsight, I remember that feeling then. And last night when I, I've, I've, I've had this word all week. And the word is, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Nehemiah 8 verse 10. And so um, on Sunday we were at um, Charles who just did the invocation at Charles's house. And while sitting there, this word is with me the whole time, I'm pondering. And on Tuesday I'm sitting at Natus waiting for the children. And at Natus you are patient, you know. And the grace of God is such that I actually enjoy going to Natus because it feels as if the Lord speaks to me there <laughs> where I'm supposed to be impatient. And this word just stays with me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I realize where we are right now, we are Purposing to advance the kingdom of God. This transition is an advancement and a progression of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. But the kingdom of God is righteousness. It is peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so we have already been geared with righteousness. For we understand the doctrine of Christ. We have an understanding that we are in alignment with the agenda of heaven. For first of all, we have been baptized through water and in the spirit. We have been baptized unto Christ so that when we went down in the water, we came up in newness of life. And we hold on to the doctrine of the apostles. For we break bread. We fellowship. We pray. So when it comes to righteousness, and aligning ourselves with the ways of God. For this is what righteousness is. Simply but the ways of God. And we have purposed our hearts to be in alignment with the ways of God. Peace. We love peace. For we have peace with God. And I pray we have peace with all men. Okay. For if we believe ourselves to be saints growing in stature and in wisdom, Luke 2.52, then we are also people increasing in favor with both God and man. But when it comes to the joy in the Holy Spirit, this is what the Lord is saying to me. He says, can you put on the board for me Haggai? Put on the board for me Haggai 1 from verse 4. Haggai 1 verse 4. And then we're going to go on to verse 5. There it is. So JP started with us with Haggai. And Jason also two weeks ago, came with the invocation of Haggai. And Haggai says, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? So Haggai came as a prophet speaking to the people. And when he says this to them, 
He's saying to them, you are building your house while the house of the Lord is neglected. And in verse 5, go on to verse 5, he says, Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. So what is he meaning with consider your ways? He's saying to them, and the Spirit of God is saying to us, so many times, and even most of the time, because we are so conditioned by the challenges of life, that where I find myself is my primary focus. I need to get myself out of where I am. So my focus is on self. But Haggai is saying to them, he's showing to them, but the house of the Lord is in ruins. So he is saying to them with this scripture, he's saying to them, you, the people of God, have to relocate yourself. You must relocate yourself. And I want to go into this a bit because when he says consider your ways, he is speaking to a people who were in captivity. Now, let me just give you context here because the people of Jerusalem, of Haggai's time, are people who were in captivity in Babylon. And they found themselves in captivity for 70 years. And when the Babylonians and the Assyrians came and they plundered Jerusalem, they broke down the walls, they burned down the gates, they had the temple in ruins. That which was inside the temple they carried away. And when an enemy comes to plunder and conquer, they come and they take over their territory and they put their own authority there. Do you know what the Babylonians did? Instead of capturing the city, the Babylonians had a philosophy that the best way to take a people captive is to immerse them into your culture so that they lose their identity and they find themselves thinking they are one of us. In the meantime, even though there are no chains on their hands or around their ankles, they are a people in captivity. Walking free in Babylon, building houses in Babylon, having businesses in Babylon. They took the people of Israel, they took them from Jerusalem back to Babylon. And in the city of Babylon, they had them build houses. So what they did was, and Babylon speaks of a mindset of the world. Babylon is a picture of a mindset set up against the authority of God and seeking and finding your own way. And so they were in Babylon for 70 years. And when the call came, when Zerubbabel said, there's a remnant to move out and move over back to Jerusalem. Let's go and build and replenish, restore that which the enemy had taken. Do you know that less than a third of the Jews went back to Jerusalem? For they said, we have settled in Babylon. We have built homes here. Our children are born here in Babylon. We find ourselves comfortable amongst these people. 
They have taken us in. And so amongst a pagan, ungodly mindset, the people found themselves comfortable. So that when they had the opportunity to go, they chose to stay. And those who went, the story continues, when they got to Jerusalem, they found it in ruins. And when they transitioned over, they still transitioned with the mindset of Babylon. They transitioned with the mindset that I first have to build my own house. And I looked up the word house. And I said, oh, nee, ek wil toch dit lees nie. Hey? But house, I found out, the clearest explanation for you of what house represents is in Matthew 12, 43 and 45. Can you take us there? For house represents a mindset. That which you build in your mind. There where you dwell. Proverbs says, as a man thinks, so he is. So if you see a person and you have, you, they create an impression. What you see of the person is just an expression from their internal mindset. Okay. So Luke 12, Matthew 12, 43, 45. So look at what a house is. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places. This is the unclean spirit. Seeking rest and finds none. Verse 44. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, this is the unclean spirit, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Do you see the word house? House here clearly indicates to us that house is a representation of you, of me. Verse 45. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it also be with this wicked generation. There where you dwell is there where your mindset has established itself. So when these Israelites went back to Jerusalem, they came back physically. But their mindset had been so conditioned that they still operated from the conditioned mind of a Babylonian. And therefore their focus was not on building the house of God, but their focus was to build their own paneled houses. How is this seen in our everyday life? Okay. I had to write this down so that I could keep my train of thought. So some of us, we have, we've come out of Egypt. But today, and I wrote this down because I said, Your Lord, this is the realities of our challenges today. So some of us this morning are facing illness in your physical body. It's a challenge. It's a battle. Some of us could be experiencing difficulty in our workplace. 
You might be a businessman battling to get that deal through. For when that deal comes through, you will also break through. But there seems to be resistance. It's a challenge. Some of us face the uncertainty of not having a job. Do you know a job in our reality means security. A job means I don't need to look anybody else in the eye for my needs. I can be self-sufficient because I have a job. How much of a challenge is it if you don't have a job? Okay. You could also be single. You could find yourself there where I have an ideal for my life. And it's not happening. And it becomes my deepest challenge to have to bear that burden. Some of us are faced with the bereavement of losing a loved one. And on Wednesday I went to a, a memorial service. A young mother of 39 who had passed. And in walks her husband and the two children. And they are small. And they are a young family. And she is not here. She's gone. And your heart, it cringes. I feel for them. What a loss. And yesterday I'm standing in the mall. And um, in one of the closing stores, I'm looking at a top and I'm thinking, near this the bond for me. I need another opinion. And one of the ladies who was also at this memorial service, um, she's standing next to me and I say, Fa luister man, hoe lyk die vir jou? Hoe lyk hierdie toppie? Denk jy dat sal werk? Sy sê vir my, wie het tyd vir toppies? Die lewe is net bitter. Die lewe is net bitter. Sy sê vir my, vat om of los om? Nee. Ek het nie gelag he. But the challenges of this life is such that when we are focusing on the challenges of this life and just paddling below the waters. I say above the water, the duck looks so calm and serene. But here below the waters, it's earnestly, erratically paddling. And so we paddle to survive. And so, we build houses for ourselves so that we survive. So that we put one foot before the other. You go to bed at night and I wake up morgen as I wakker word, like it nog diezelfde. So this morning, what am I talking about? I am talking about you and I as the house, as a house. We are made of body, soul, and spirit. And Derek Prince gives such a very clear outline. He says, and I want, I really, I thought when I, when I read this, I thought, wow, oh, this is so profound. He says, how is your house satisfied? So the body is satisfied with pleasure. I said, lekker gaan. Nee. <laughs> oh, when I can have a good meal, when my appetites are satisfied, then the pleasures makes me feel 
makes me feel good. And then there is my soul, my emotions. My emotions are satisfied by events of happiness. You know, payday. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> but guess what? Just for the day. Van kom morgen alles afgegaan. So your, your happiness is but a, an event and not a constant. It says, what is happiness? Happiness originates from the Latin word hap. And hap <laughs> means random chance. Hap in Latin means random chance. So happiness are random events in between. But it's not a constant. And I feel happy. This morning, my children gave me my favorite perfume. And I weet hoe dier dit is. And I never buy it because there are always other needs that you put before the perfume. And so I was given aromatics by Clinique, my favorite. <laughs> And guess what? I was happy. But that happiness is but for a moment. Yes. What's his name? Says it so beautifully. He says a young man drives a car and beside him sits his girlfriend and the sun is shining and the car is clean and he's got money in his pocket and guess what? Life is good. That same young man smashes his car. The girlfriend says, His money is up. And guess what? Happiness has gone along with it. Uh-huh. So if happiness is but such a fleeting satisfaction... Do we live from one event to another to experience happiness? Ah, this house is the temple of the Lord. And God had ensured that by contrast to happiness of momentary events, He comes with joy. In the Holy Spirit. For your spirit. Your spirit is satisfied. By the joy of the Lord. The joy in the Holy Spirit. Is. The ultimate. Completeness. Of a believer. So that. We are not from the kingdom of this world. We are the kingdom of God. And therefore, the joy of the Lord should be your strength. And then you don't live from a moment's happiness. I want to just break this out a bit. For happiness, as I said, is but for a moment. But joy is the state of well-being regardless the circumstances. Regardless the circumstances, joy is ultimately Complete in him. Horatio Stafford is the man who wrote the words for the song, It is well with my soul. You like in that song? When peace like a river attended my soul. When sorrows 
like sea billows roll. Do you know the sea billows is? In 1873, this Horatio Stafford planned with his family of four children to sail across from America to England. And then he's a lawyer because of business. He has to stay behind and he sends his wife and children ahead. And they cross the Atlantic Ocean. And the steamboat on which they were crashes with an iron boat. And on that day, 273 people die in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. And this Horatio Stafford lose in one event all four of his children. His wife, one out of five survives. And then he set sail to go and meet his wife. And as they sail, the captain of the boat calls him out and says to him, This year is the very spot where your children drowned when the ship went down. And the story goes that he went back to his cabin. He was filled with grief. But because he had a relationship with God, he wrote, When sorrows like sea billows roll, it is well with my soul. That is another level. That is when the challenges of this life, which is meant to take you out, cannot take you out. For the joy of the Lord in your spirit, man, is your strength. That will take you beyond your circumstances. Today it is Mother's Day. On Tuesday, I sat at Natus and I put this on um, Christ Oneness. And Fadila sends me a message and I put there, please read Psalm 68. Because as I'm sitting there, Psalm 68 resonates in me. And she sends me back and she says, do you know that the devotion that I read this morning is for single mothers? Can you put Psalm 68 on the board for me, please? Put Psalm 68 on the board for me. From verse 1 to 5, quickly. He says, let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let those also who hate him flee before him. Verse 2. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. Verse 3. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them rejoice exceedingly. Verse 4. Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. Verse 5. A father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. Fatherless speaks of one who feels I have no support. There's no security for me. There's none who have my back. A widow on herself oorgelaat om haar eie weg te kyk. There isn't one to provide. But Psalm 68, David says, He is the Father of the fatherless and the defender of the widow. This is the joy of the Lord comes so that hey, 
Your joy is not determined by any external sense of well-being. It has nothing to do with you have everything that you need to have. The joy of the Lord is despite the difficulty, despite the challenge, despite the anxiety, you are being lifted above that circumstance. So when Haggai says to them, you have need to build your own comforts. You have need to ensure that you have what you need. Building your paneled houses. He says to them, consider your ways. Jesus blessed us. Man, the apostles blessed that woman who had one coin. Yeah, I'm saying that the joy of the Lord will ensure that in this journey, hey, in this transition, your lack of whatever it might be will not hold you back from advancing the kingdom of God. That which we have to step into. You do not have the right to disqualify yourself. From journeying and transitioning. You don't have the right to say. But I don't have enough. Listen here. In this time. The challenge is going to be I have said yes but it was easy to say yes. Now I have to put the plow to the field. Issachar the son of Jacob he was blessed to have understanding of the seasons of the times. So his brothers look to Issachar to see what does Issachar say. He had prophetic knowledge that it was time to harvest. It was time to reap. It was time to lift their tent pegs and to move on. Issachar had an understanding of the seasons. Of the Lord. But Issachar found himself between two donkeys. A donkey speaks of burden. So knowing the season of the times and what is demanded of us tells me the call comes for you to go and minister to somebody. I must go and lay hands on the sick. Huh? I must go and bless somebody. Even though I hear the Lord say, there is need that side. Go and take them what they need. Ah, ah, my mindset says, I must hold on to what I have. For demand is nog lang. Who can ek hierdie So guess what? I set aside what the Holy Spirit is leading me to do. For my focus is on self. Haggai says to them, you are building your paneled houses while the Lord's house lies in ruins. He's saying, relocate yourself. You must give business advice to somebody 
while you feel who I'm shaky here with my business. I'm not too sure of hierdie ding gaan uitwerk nie. Do I qualify to go and give assistance on that side? Man, the joy of the Lord is seen when you demonstrate strength regardless the circumstance. Regardless the environment, God will show himself strong in you. So Lord, there is something happening somewhere and I'm feeling the unction. I want to contribute some money. But I can't give this money because tomorrow I must still buy bread and milk. Dit klink roekeloos, nee. I must still buy bread and milk. So my wavering is, is my focus on where I'm finding myself, or is my focus on the instruction? For guess what? When we walk in obedience to the call, God is showing himself strong in that other person. For that person is waiting for an answer to a need. An answer to a prayer. So, here we are. And the question is, how can joy accompany the circumstances of the world. For the world in which we live have constant need. The world is broken. The world cannot save themselves. You go to people's homes and you see, you walk in there and you feel this house is bogged down with a spirit of depression. For they find themselves grappling with unbelievable loss. They find themselves in a place where they cannot help themselves to get out of the hole in which they find themselves. And then, here am I. I stood up and said, send me. But the send me becomes my burden. For where I find myself and where my focus is on myself, het ek rarig nie nou die energie vir iemand anders sy laste nie. Het jy al ooit so gevoel? Ja. You don't have the energy for somebody else. But this is the call. This is the mandate for this house. We are called for the marginalized. We are called for the outcast. We are called for those who are drowning in sorrow. We are called for those who are struggling to survive. If I must focus on myself, het ek niks oor vir iemand anders. But where we are as a company, a company ascending. We come with a key of the kingdom of God. Where we come with the solution. We are the solution. And let us not be held back. Peter writes to the believers, and these are believers in Asia, 
And these people are exiles. They are persecuted. Put down 1 Peter 1 verse 8 for me. These are people who are finding themselves in a difficult place as believers. Where their persecution is literally their lives. So Peter 1 Peter 1 verse 8 says, Whom having, go to 7 for me please. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perish, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 8, he says, Whom having not seen you love, meaning they have not seen Christ, Yet they love him. Though now you do not see him, yet you believe in him. Remember, they are being persecuted. Persecuted for one in whom they choose to believe. They choose to love him. They choose the persecution because of their faith. He says, yet believing, you rejoice. With joy inexpressible and full of glory. So even though they are persecuted people, they showed strength in the joy that they had in the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Acts 13.52 Acts 13.52 speaks of the Jews in, is in, in, in Jerusalem, they found themselves, man, we the people of the way are being persecuted by the synagogue. And Acts 13.52 says, these very same persecuted disciples, they were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. What is the posture of one who is standing in faith? The posture is, the joy of the Lord is my strength. John 15, 11 says, These things have I spoken to you, Jesus telling his disciples, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be his joy should be in them so that their joy is full who greater is qualified to speak of joy in the spirit than Jesus inexplicable unexplainable suffering Bible says he learned obedience through suffering. He suffered to the extent that we had not suffered yet. But the joy of the Lord was his strength. So, I want to encourage you this morning, literally, and I believe the word does not come without persecution. The enemy comes to resist the word. The enemy comes to resist the word. However, Jesus says to them, Ah, I like this. Jesus said to them, and where can I find that scripture quickly? He says, I have overcome. Past I skrif no John 16 verse 33. John 16.33 says, let me, John 16, he says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So you ask, what is the nature of this 
joy. The nature of this joy is that this is only a joy that the Holy Spirit gives. The world has a joy. The world's joy is, is that I, if I'm good, if I'm respectable, if people look up to me, if I hold high moral standards, then oh, I can feel satisfied with myself. But guess what? They must work hard. Do you know that that moral standard is a struggle for the old nature? Ah, yeah. Will make it difficult. Your moral standing is a battle all the time in the flesh. For the flesh, hey, profits nothing. So the joy of the Lord comes. Okay? And I'm Mark 13, 11 and 12. I'm going to end with this. Mark 13, 11 and 12. What is the nature of this joy? This joy is that when my circumstance is so pressing and weighs so heavy that anxiety is within an arm length away from me he says mark 13 11 but when they arrest you and deliver you up do not worry or premeditate how you're going to deal with us he says but whatever is given you in that hour speak that for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit that speaks. In that time, you may not have the utterance, but the, whole, the joy of the Lord is expressed that the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance the word. The Holy Spirit will bring, the, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth will come and say, you have overcome. Why? For I have overcome. And while I'm talking here, I'm thinking, there was a time when I felt, Yo, I'm so humiliated. I'm so stripped of that which I thought I had. I'm finding myself. Can you let I get full? The fellas from your gesicht You are so vulnerable. So questbaar. And the easiest thing to do is to leave that a company. Leave a town. Go and start over anew somewhere else. Some people even think, let me just finish myself. It's not worth living. Ah, but then David says, and this is David who had ever spoken to his soul the word of truth. Psalm 43 verse 4, David speaks to his soul and then he lets the word of God inform him. You believers a remnant, an ecclesia, the kingdom of God, speak truth to yourself. For this word is filled with spirit and life. And the joy of the Lord is not you jumping around. The joy of the Lord is you having a quiet assurance. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But he who comes to God must know that he is. I know my God. You know that, script, that song, I know my Redeemer, he lives. So in that time, you sing the song 
of your Redeemer. You sing the song in your heart of your God whom you know. There is no shadow of turning with my God. He never changes. Therefore, the joy of the Lord in me tells me, this is what you pray. Father, in my weakness, you show yourself strong in me. Show yourself strong in me. Put on the board for me Nehemiah 8 verse 10 and then we're going to end with this. For this is the very same people who focused on themselves. And the prophet said, relocate yourself so that you turn and purpose your heart to advance the kingdom of God. And he says to them, then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow. Why? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So in contrast to, and these are actually not contrast, this is parallel. Parallel means equal distance apart. Okay. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are filled with joy. Remember in Acts, they said these people are drunk with wine in the middle of the day. Then Peter said, no. They have not had wine. This is the new wine. The joy of the Lord that these people are expressing. So, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are filled with joy. Then the other is, it is impossible to be filled with the Holy Spirit and not know the joy of the Lord. They go hand in hand, intertwined. So strength in us is joy. Strength in you is the joy of the Lord, regardless the circumstance. Huh? Faith comes by hearing and hearing, not of the word. Hearing comes by the word. This morning I pray that your faith is stirred. For as you have heard, your ear is opened so that faith is increased and settled in you. So that you rise upward. And as JP said, we are journeying, hey? we are transitioning, new level, new principles. And the principle here is, I don't function from my flesh and my circumstance, but I rejoice in the Lord. For through the trials of my faith, I and through the tribulation, I will show the Lord strong in me. Please stand. Can the worship team please come? So three keys quickly. Number one, how do I replenish the word, the Holy Spirit? I constantly desire earnestly the Spirit of God. Meditate on the word of God. I'm not talking about a devotion in the morning. I'm talking about take 
the Bible. Read the word. For the word comes with the Holy Spirit piercing through whatever barrier there is. It comes piercing whatever bondage you find yourself in. The Holy Spirit comes so that the word comes as a two-edged sword cutting between bone and marrow. And you cannot but be filled with the Spirit. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ richly dwell in you. And you will find many a times, I don't even need somebody to pray for me, for the word administer to my heart. And I have new wine every day. I want us, where you are, take somebody's hand. Please take somebody's hand next to you. Do you know that relocating yourself here means my relocation when I take somebody's hand, I'm moving away from the focus on myself. And I am purposing, Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. It is no longer I that live, but that Christ lives in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come and let us together purpose, Father, in this house, we purpose to build together. And that together we will show you strong in our midst. I am waiting for testimony of how God has shown himself strong in you.